and ask God's favor right now. Um, Abba, Father, I love you. I am so grateful. And I ask that your presence would be made known to all of us. Some of us bring so much pain in on this day. Some of us are oblivious to the needs of others. Others, man, we're just dialed in to your heart. We've got your heart. And loving you and loving people just kind of comes naturally to us. God, thank you for, for those folks that just skilled at loving. Right now, we need your presence and we need your guidance and your truth. Uh, I pray that you'll peel away the anger, the bitterness, peel away all the little excuses that are in our heads and all the little, little chips on our shoulders and all that stuff. We're just going to set all that aside and we're going to soak up your love and your truth. Lord, fill us, please, with these kinds of things. Uh, Lord, I'm grateful. Thank you that your love has changed me and what you've accomplished in my life. Uh, Lord, man, we need you right now. Please bless. In Jesus' name, amen. Last Sunday, we were teaching on, on wisdom and how important it is to make sure that we deal with this issue of being lazy because laziness can be a real problem. And so I put this, this screen up. If you're going to apply that concept of diligence versus being lazy, hardworking versus lazy, um, as a parent, you might say this. Hey, if you want to raise healthy kids, number one, do not rescue them from the responsibilities they refuse to face. Brian, you may have seen a bunch of those people. Don't rescue your kids from the consequences of responsibilities they refuse to face. Do not reward them for work they refuse to do. Uh, you know, the dad that uh, is, is parenting like this, hey, Billy, get up there and make your bed. Go make your bed. Sure, dad, I'll get to it in a bit. And then an hour later, hey, Billy, I said go make your bed. I'll get to it, dad, I'll do it, I'll do it. And, and it goes on and on. Make your bed, make your bed, make your bed. Billy never does it, so dad or mom, uh, in their frustration, go make the bed for the child. Should that happen? Should mom be a nag all day long and be very school skilled at pointing out an error and then in the effort to shame and motivate the child and then ends up making the bed for the child? What does a child learn? Brian, what did the, what the kid do? Mom, you know, just learn to ignore her the prattling on, just ignore it, and she'll eventually do it for you. Or ignore dad's prattling on and his grumpy grouchiness. Just ignore it because he'll get it done anyway. You know, go mow the lawn, go mow the lawn. Well, you ignore it long, long enough, dad will get frustrated and have to do it myself. Well, you're just teaching your kids that you don't have to be responsible. So we can build a lazy spirit in our kids by protecting them from their responsibilities and by protecting them from, from facing the work they've got to do. Uh, it's, think of it as a participation trophy that goes really, really sour. You know? Yeah, 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 you should have to practice great, but, but we've got a reward uh, where rewards are due. All right, today, I want to talk about truth. This is a big deal, and um, I, I really need your help. We talk about engaging today. I really need you guys to own this thing today. All right, I need you as the body of Christ. Those online, I need you. Please get ready. I need you to listen. I need you to think. I need you to pray before you speak. What is truth? The Hebrew word is ameth. Ameth. 
It means truth. It means that which is factual, that which is reliable, that which is truthful, and therefore it endures. Like one plus one is two. That's an enduring idea. You can't argue with it. It endures. It's reliable. It's what's right. It's not just a feeling. It's a fact. This is truth. So let's start with John's Gospel, chapter 18. Pilate said to Jesus, so you're a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this purpose I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Now that is a very cryptic, cryptic statement, Randy, for those who are Christians. Pilate, not catching the cue, Pilate said to him, what is truth? What is it? Christ Church, we're going live. Think before you speak. <laughs> Maybe pray before you speak, both right now. Answer Pilate's question. What is truth? What is it? The modern day answer would be whatever I think it is. Whatever, yeah, yeah. It's your truth, yeah. And my truth can be different from your truth. Sure. That's really popular right now. But what do you think? Take some ownership. Randa, what do you think? What is truth? It would be there's absolute truth. So hmm. there either is or it isn't. And it's not about how I want to interact with the facts. Gotcha, gotcha. I like that. There's such a thing as absolute truth which means it's an idea that's truth. It's something that's real and in place all the time, like gravity, right? The, the absolute law of gravity. And you can believe that you can defy that and jump off the building with an umbrella, but you will not beat that law of gravity, right? It takes something else. So Justin Rasnick, I need you, dude, and your IQ, buddy. Um, what is truth? Yeah, come on in. I'm hooking you. I'm reeling you in. Uh, come on, Justin. We need you in here, buddy. Um, what is truth? Yeah. <laughs> what is truth? Give me more. What is it? What is it? God's word. Man, Brian nailed it. By the way, is it true that there was a hundred plus car pileup on I thirty five out of Fort Worth? That's true, right? Does that represent philosophic truth, though, Joe? No, not at all. So something can be factual, very real. Yeah, it happened. In fact, it did. It can be a fact. But just because it's real doesn't make it right. Just because it's real doesn't make it right. Okay. So when we're speaking of that which is true in the Christian sense, we're talking about something that is true, it is right, it is factual, but it is morally in line with the character of God. Wow. Wow. Now we just made a leap forward. It's factual. It's real. It's a truth statement. It's an idea. It's a belief. It's a behavior. But it is in line with the character of God and God's word. So, all right. I, thank you. I put that football up there. Just, you know. <laughs> Something about deflate gate and somebody bad-mouthing Tom Brady. and Ah, you know. Uh, uh, oh, did Brady win another Super Bowl? I'm, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, I just thought, thank you, Kirby. I just thought I'd put that up there. So uh, just came out that the glorious governor 
the Emmy award-winning, Oscar-awarding Cuomo and his brother, that there is egregious lying that took place in a cover-up of over, I think, 9,000 COVID patients being inserted back into the population of nursing homes. And boy, is this one bad. How do you know the truth? What about QAnon? What about adenochrome and the dumps? You know what the dumps are? Deep underground military bases, you know? And all this, all this stuff that's going on with the QAnon theories right now. And, and, and I, I, I put a picture of, of a beloved Mark at the bottom there because he's really into fact checking, you know? And how do you fact check the fact checkers? And how do you know when the fact checking is nothing more than spin doctoring? And, and there's enough B.F. Skinner theory, behavior modif- modification going on through these systems, through these means that, how do you know anything anymore? I don't know if I believe in myself. I'm so confused, you know. It just, wow, the deconstruction of what is called the process of reason is so real. And um, uh, is, it, you know, is it, it's just a math formula. So what is truth? Well, you're a Hebrew, you have the Hebrew mindset, and we're going to run in the lane of the book of Proverbs, Emmet in Hebrew, it is that which is right and stable and enduring and reliable because it is in aligned with the character of God, of Yahweh, Yehovah Elohim, the creator God, the Lord God. All right, Proverbs, here we go. Let's check it out. Do not let kindness and truth, emeth, that which is right and stable and enduring, bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. What he's saying is truth and kindness are so important. It's something that you need to, it's like you're going to wear it, like Justin's wearing a mask or somebody's wearing a hat. Get it and wear it. Keep it near you at all times. Kindness and truth. Proverbs twelve seventeen. Uh, one who declares truth tells what is right. I like that. When we speak the truth, we're telling what is right. When we speak truth. But a, fault, a false witness speaks deceit. Proverbs fourteen twenty five: A truthful witness saves lives. Truthful. But one who declares lies is deceitful. All right. How about this one? Um, Proverbs 16, 6. By mercy and truth, atonement is made for wrongdoing. And by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. I remember memorizing that proverb years and years ago. By mercy and truth, or in another translation, by loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. Truth. Why is, why is truth a part of the forgiveness of sins? Pop quiz, we're going live. Why? What does truth have to do with forgiveness of sins? Andrew. If we lie and say we have no sin. The truth is not in us. Absolutely, you nail it. If we say you don't have a sin problem, you're a liar. He repeats that in verse 10, 1 John 1. Not only do you, are you proving yourself a liar, but you're insinuating God is a liar. Absolutely so. In fact, I know you know this, the basic concept of confession. 
and the epistle of John, when we confess our sins, it literally means to say the same words. We have to speak truthfully. We have to say the same words. And if we're not saying the same words, then we're not confessing. Say the same. Call it what God calls it. Don't try to outmaneuver God. Proverbs 23, 23. Buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Uh, my daughter, Andrea, whom I love with all my heart, Andrea had a little extra money. And so she bought, for the first time, she bought some stock. And now they're watching the stock market to see what her $200 is gaining or losing. And so it's really cool, you know. And, and Justin did some, the same thing. And they're trying to watch and, and see how they're gaining or losing. And uh, buy truth. Buy it. And don't sell it. You know, we, we buy gold or silver or something and invest in it uh, with a view that we'll sell it high. Buy low, sell high. But in this instance, Proverbs is saying, the writer is saying, Buy it and don't sell it. The commodity of truth is so value, valuable. Do not sell it. Get wisdom. Get instruction. Get understanding. Um, Proverbs 29, 14. If a king judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. Wow. How's that for a social justice concept? That those who are poor... And those who are uh, suffering need a ruler who will judge them based on the truth. All right, let's look at a couple things in the New Testament. I love this, Matthew twenty-two sixteen. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God in truth. And do not care what anyone thinks, for you are not partial to anyone. By the way, truth is a fearful thing for those who are codependent and try to earn acceptance from other people. If you're driven to gain social approval by fitting in, truth will be a terrible thing. And I think there's a direct corollary for those who commit to speaking truth God's truth and the fact that you cannot be in bondage to the opinion of people. If you do, you become a man pleaser and not a God pleaser. John 1.17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ or are realized in Jesus Christ. John 8, I know you know this, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 17 is fascinating for some of you who are theologically minded. This won't be a leap, but for others, this can be challenging. The word sanctified, someone real quick, pop quiz. What does it mean to sanctify? Purify, what else? Set apart. Set apart as holy, sure, all those things, yeah. So I'm going to purify, I'm going to set apart them in the truth, Aletheia. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I also sent them out into the world. 
And for their sakes, I, Jesus is speaking, I sanctify myself. I thought he already was. I'm saying to that intentionally to provoke you to think. Of course he was. So that they themselves may also be sanctified in the truth. Truth is a big deal, isn't it? It's no small matter. You don't flippantly read the Bible or flippantly go to church and act like there's no such thing as a right and wrong and truth is up for grabs. No, 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 you can't do that. Jesus is showing us just how sacred and how critically important it is to get it right and to get it right by the heart of God and God's word. Romans 1 Therefore, God gave them up to vile impurity and the lusts of their hearts so that their bodies would be dishonored among them for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, for falsehood and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. What does this establish? Simply, we have the capacity, I do, you do, to ignore the truth and in fact exchange it for a lie. Not just ignore it, we can actually replace it with something else. That's the kind of power God has given us as people. We can ignore or exchange truth. 2 Corinthians 13, 8, very profound. We cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. Think of it this way. You can say gravity doesn't exist, but you jump out of the, off the building or something, you're going to have your knees up in your armpits. It's going to happen. You can't do anything against the truth, only for it. All your efforts to pursue a lie... Prove the truth is correct. Can it all. All right, we're going to do a go live. You ready? This is very, very important. I want to try to reconstruct some ancient history. This is uh, Paul's writing to the church of Corinth. Real quick backstory. Um, uh, let's start with this. What is Little Rock famous for? Anything about our city or anything that's, that makes us unique or famous? What's that? Little Rock Nine. What else? Someone else? What's that? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Certainly the Clinton Library. What else makes Little Rock kind of puts us on the map a little bit? Hanging in the rock. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else? Yeah. So we're kind of known for some things, you know. Little Rock's finest right here. You know, all those things. We're all here, yeah. Um, uh, we have one of the leading hospitals in the U.S., by the way, Arkansas Children's, and now Arkansas Children's Northwest, certainly. So Little Rock has a culture. Little Rock has things going on. Corinth had a culture. It was Think of it as a university town, like Fayetteville, university town. And guess what? If you lived in Corinth and you're part of this university town culture, very pagan, very, very liberal culture, uh, guess what you were really, what you pursued if you're a Corinthian? What's the one thing you pursued? Knowledge. What's that? Knowledge. Absolutely, but specifically to be skilled in speech. If you're a Corinthian and you're part of the Corinthian culture, you are a good talker. You are good at rhetoric. You are good at giving a speech, an impromptu speech using deliberative rhetoric, using forensic processes in your rhetoric, all this stuff. Think of it as a really skilled attorney that was so skilled he could persuade a jury to make a ruling that was uh, what he wanted. 
That's called rhetoric, all right? Lawyers learn this, all right? That's their job, all right? That's Corinth. High talking, fancy talking, very skilled people. This is Corinth. All right, now, of all the churches that took the speech-based gifts, the spiritual ones like tongues, right? Prophecy, exhortation, discernment. Of all the churches that took those ideas and, and damaged them and abused them, of all the churches, which one is the, had, the, had the problems? It was the church at Corinth. They were the ones in this highly driven, speech-centric culture where you're proud of your ability to give a speech. They took it and went to seed with the whole thing. And Paul has to write a major corrective to a church that was abusing the things that they said. All right? And so Paul writes in verse 32, those who claim to be, were, were a lot of assumptions here. Those who claim to be prophets, for the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. And then he says, and the women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak but are subject to themselves, but are to subject themselves, just as the law also says, Paul pulls in Torah, if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in church. Ouch. Listen. Or was it from you that the word of God first went out, or has it come out to you only? Come to you only. Ooh. Ouch. What do we do with this? Some of you have already spoken out of order. Shame, shame, shame. I'm playing because I'm a man of grace. I'm being gentle. What's going on historically? Was it that the, the women are coming from pagan culture? Yes. And part of their pagan culture allowed them to freely just yell and scream and, and do just unencumbered things. And, and Paul understood that. And so he's allowing, in allowing them church, he's creating restraint to make sure that there's no confusion among the body. Yes, yes, you nailed it, Patch. In fact, it's a little bit farther. It's even argued by some brilliant scholars like James Dunn, who I have so much respect for that guy, that here's what's going on. There was an event that took place in the church where the prophets judged the words of the prophets. So let's say Randy decides to speak up, okay, but he's going to speak up prophetically. And Randy's going to say, Thus says the Lord. And he spells it out, ABC. And he says something that we all know is wrong. It's wrong. He missed it on thing B, whatever. Then the other prophets at the right time are to judge his words, weigh them, and then correct them. And this is all in front of everybody. Okay? And so in this, Paul creates a check and balance so that the church, which has this open mic kind of thing going on, is always held to be accountable to the truth. So if you, if you dare to open your mouth, you will be judged by what you say. So, Patch, it has been argued that some women came out of that and they felt that they were gifted by the Spirit as prophets and they were starting to engage in corrective bantering back and forth, and they began to speak out of turn when they did not have any basic instruction about the Old Testament, 
nor the gospel. And Paul said to these specific ladies, enough. If you got some questions, go home and ask your husbands. They've been converted for a long time. They know God's word. And you get, you get Christianity 101 figured out and then come back. That that's what's going on. So in other words, Paul is not saying, I want all women in all cultures at all time to be quiet. Only men are allowed to talk in church. Paul is not saying that. How do I know? How can I prove that? Well, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says what? Women can what in church? Prophesy, Prophesy in church. And Paul cannot, the scriptures cannot be broken. So women can talk in church. They can speak prophetically in church. They can pray in church. They can do that. But women are not allowed to disrupt at this level. By the way, flip the genders, it's the same story. When you read 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, it's the same thing. Men who are troublemakers are reined in and corrected in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. All right, you got it? We, you, we on the same page? Ready? All right, here we go. Truth in the body of Christ. The example of the church at Corinth. Let's reconstruct it. Reconstruct this. Okay. Have two or three prophets speak and have the others pass judgment. Weigh the words and render. They spoke the truth or they did not. Secondly, the gifted body of Christ would speak out of their giftings. They spoke the truth and wisdom of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. All types of speech-based gifts. This is what happened at Corinth. The prophets would speak. Okay. The collective group of prophets would judge what has been said. They would weigh, assess, review, approve, disprove, or correct what was spoken. And after judgment was given, the prophets would approve with the amen. The body of Christ spoke a collective amen and the church grew and matured in the truth of God. Acts 2 and many other chapters. Wow, this is pretty serious stuff. (laughs) Truth matters. It's not my truth. It's not your truth. It's not whatever the fact checkers say. It's not, it's none of those things. Truth is that which is Right, stable, enduring, reliable, that aligns with the heart and mind of God. Okay? That's what the truth is. So let's review. And we're going to test your faith. There's three couplings about truth. Kindness and truth. Mercy and truth. Grace and truth. What... Come on... Own this with me. What is the wisdom of kindness, mercy, and grace being coupled with truth? What is it? What's the wisdom of that? It keeps the truth from becoming a hammer. Absolutely. And when you believe you're a hammer, guess what everybody looks like around you? A nail. It's hard to live with a hammer. Awfully hard. Right? It is genius that God in His sovereignty couples kindness Mercy and grace with truth. When we speak truth, we speak what is right. Speaking truth can save someone's life. The poor deserve to be judged by truth. Jesus said truth sets free. Of course, this is a reference to the gospel. Jesus is the ultimate standard of truth. 
the full sense of what truth is ontologically. Ontology refers to the, the actual nature of a thing. It is what it is. Dogs don't meow, cats don't bark. Jesus is the full embodiment of the truth. Now you are the gifted body of Christ. You ready? Raise your hand if you believe you're a prophet. Timid prophet? <laughs> Prophets. Okay, we've got one, two, two. Anybody else? You believe that you're gifted as a prophet. This is God's hardwiring inside of you. Anybody else? All right, prophets, get ready to do your job. Um, Christ Church. Those online. Uh, Stephen, any comments, comments, questions, or anything? Okay. Uh, we're, the, we're the church. Truth matters. All right. And remember, you can't do anything against it, only for it. If you embrace that which is not truth, anti-truth, you're only proving the truth real. That's all you do. You can't do anything against the truth. We're the church. Why does truth matter for the body of Christ? And how we live it out. Counsel us. How do we, how do, we do truth? Why, why does it matter? What should church be about? Should we have the smoke machines and the lights and try to reclaim the Hillsong model and do everything? By the way, I'm pretty skilled in some, uh, some ways of stirring emotions. Okay, I've been a youth pastor. Okay. Is that what this thing's about? Encouragement? Goosebumps? And it's going to be a, a service by service attempt to keep you inspired through emotion? Is that the body of Christ? Is that what it is? I, I don't mind encouragement and goosebumps. I got feelings too. But is how core is truth? Does it matter to the body of Christ, to a Christian? And how do we live it out? You're the church. Counsel us. How do we live in this culture and commit to truth? Brian. Yes, yes, yes. And it is right along that. And, and it talks about um, just walking in the truth, being true to yourself, and true, true to your faith, and finding the blessings through Him. Yes. If you follow. <clears throat> That's where your blessings come from. Yeah, yeah. Just Yeah. Brian, I love your heart. I love your heart. Yeah. Thank you, sir. One of the character traits of truth is consistency. And truth allows for someone to be consistent. And they say if they're speaking from truth, it's a consistency. Truth doesn't change. Therefore, we, we are embodying <coughs> Say that again. Lights in the darkness for what? For a moment versus being lights in the darkness for all time. That is is a brilliant metaphor. Thank you. Yeah, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. 
We can't be light just for a moment. Terry? In trying to bring truth into 21st century now, uh, being social animals, we want to be accepted by our peers. <clears throat> Whether it is this body of Christ here at church, or at work, or a social organization, or just our friends and family. Mm -hmm. And we can be led astray from the truth mm -hmm. very easily. Mm -hmm. As you talked earlier, it is, gee, if I just say this, I can be a member of this social gathering and pick up prestige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have to guard against that. Good. We really yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whether it's for advancement or just to feel good or whatever, stop and think and pray about what would Jesus do. Mm. Mm, brilliant. That is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and it may be very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But it's well worth it in the end. Yes. Thank you, Cherry. There is a reward. There is an end. Someone else, truth, how we live this out. Um, and out, Justin and, and Andrew, oh. I want you to listen. I want you to listen and remember everything that's been said. Andrew, you going to say something? Can I talk for a little bit? Oh, sure. Right now, has gone so far into 
notion that's got to be real. So anytime you hear somebody using language about respecting people's lived experiences, we're talking about setting someone's emotions up as an idol and agreeing that it has to be true. Because they feel it. Because they feel it. Right. Okay. right. And it, that's so tricky. You've got these two areas of truth that are that we use as our currency of getting along. The, the facts, the studies, and the people's emotions. But there's bigger parts of truth. And it gets at, we start to get at that when we're having real live conversations with people based on wisdom. And we had one at our house the other night. Can, can I share it? But this is what illustrates We watched an Ed said a cheese tastic 1980s movie about The Last Dragon, about a young black man who um, wants to find a kung fu master so he can be, really be a master. And he's incredibly competent at his skill. Okay? He's already got confidence. And, um, and yet he still wants a master. And there's this young woman that comes in his life. And she believes in him because she sees his competence. She knows that he's got the skills, but that's not enough. He has to find out in his head that he's the master. And Ed and I talked about this deep truth of what that means for young men, that you don't, you don't grow up from a boy to a man until you become competent. Other people see you're competent, and you know inside of you you're competent. And a lot of it centers around a woman believing in you. And we can't tell those stories today in 20 years. 21. But that's this rich, deep truth, and you can't hardly put psychological studies on it, but it's true. And if you live your lives by that, because you know it's true, then you raise, you raise your young men to learn to become competent. And as me as a wife, I learn how Ed really needs that more than anything. He needs to know I, be, I believe in him. That, that kind of truth just a different level from factoids and emotions. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, that is so good. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Christchurch on this thing. Anybody online, Stephen? Uh, those on Facebook live stream, if you're on the app or on the website, please text Stephen or comment about truth. Stephen? Yeah, Sabrina says truth is essential to the body of Christ. How can we how can we live without it and live in obedience to God? To live without truth is to live without Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he doesn't change, that tells me truth doesn't change. God's truth remains steadfast. He can be trusted. And we can base our life on it. Yeah. Thank you, Sabrina, so very much. Um, let me kick the bear just a little bit. A little bear kicking. You ready? If truth is, if truth matters. By the way, isn't it beautiful that for God so loved the world, he gave his son? And it doesn't say for God so loved the world, he gave another rule book. Isn't that beautiful? And that's why I think kindness and mercy and grace are coupled with the truth. Because truth, Andrew, if it's going to be fully orbed, is about a relationship. Not just about sterile information. Absolutely. So let's kick the bear. If you're the body of Christ, and you believe in the truth of the words of Jesus then is it of the truth that a man and a woman are united in marriage and that is marriage? Is that the truth? That in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth 
Is that the truth? And that God created Adam and then Adam needed Eve and he created Eve. And that was a perfect illustration of the Adam and Eve story. And then if God unites one man and one woman, let nothing separate them. Do we believe this? Is this the truth? You kick in the bear? Do you believe that Jesus is the only way to God? Which means the Muslims miss it. Do you understand? The Jew misses it. Do you understand? Truth is serious business. Yeah. And Terry, you're right. We, we, can, we can slip away from the truth little by little. And so that we who are supposed to have a voice of authority to be patched, not a momentary light, but a permanent light, there are things, quite frankly, we are afraid to talk about because we're afraid of being socially ostracized. Or how about cancel culture? My daughter, Rebecca, who is very witty, uh, made this comment. You know, we were going to have the breakfast yesterday, Saturday, and it was very, very cold. I understand that. And Rebecca then said, well, let's, let's put this out on our app. What does Christchurch Saturday morning breakfast and Gina, uh, Gina Serrano have in common? They're both cancer. <laughs> I know, thank you for laughing. Yeah. So, cancel culture. What about truth? I saw someone's post this morning, absolutely profound, and I'm amazed that if we take a little step back and change our verbiage, it sounds like we're right. They said, there's no such thing as cancel culture. It's only consequences. How does truth play into that? Oh, step back a little bit, change the word, soften it, and you sound like you're a scholar. Oh, it's just consequences. Okay. Cancer culture is real. And by the way, that is the fourth force by which the church will be pressured into becoming silent. Because we're, gonna, we're afraid we're going to offend someone because we believe that God created a man for a woman and a woman for a man, and they are to be bound in marriage until separated by death. And at that moment, we've awakened the bear. We are now part of hate speech. We are now liable, cancer culture, and even legal punishment. That's, that's the obvious one. <laughs> There's a lot of other ones. So... Does truth matter for the body of Christ? And remember, if you believe you're a hammer, be careful. Not everybody's a nail. There are bigger hammers out there. Kindness and truth, mercy and truth, grace and truth. Um, all right. Anybody else? Joe, why does this matter? You know what? I love what Andrew said because it is bigger than a set of facts. It's definitely bigger than feelings. Christ said, I am the way and the truth. Encompassing everything he is in that statement. This is what truth looks like. And it's not something you can write down and factually log like a police report. And it's not something you walk through with a feeling. Um, truth is painful. I was thinking about some truth is, isms, I guess. Truth is, and it's a lot like walking in gravity. You just walk in it or you can't get away from it. It's there, whether you think it is or not. But it's also painful. And it's something you've got to wrestle with. The verse you put up about women in the church. I come from a tradition that would have completely disagreed with you and said you were correct. And I would have said you were incorrect. And I could still do it in a devil's advocate way if I wanted to. Paul says right there, as in all the churches, 
Get around that. Now, we have to wrestle with it. We have to wrestle with scripture, otherwise you end up like the snake handlers in Alabama I watched yesterday on TV and think that Mark 16 authorizes you to pick snakes up. Yes, or drink poison. And these are, you know, what I would consider surface level examples, but if you just say, well, the word is truth and the Bible's true and you can read it, somebody's going to open it up and see that and go, I go pick a snake. You have to wrestle with this stuff. Yeah. And, and wrestle hard with it and go through shattering you know, the valley of the shadow of death that David talks about is not a, not a we're going to have to go through it to really understand what truth is yeah. and for it to become something that floats you through and carries you through times when the world seems like it's on top of you. Um, when they said to Christ, you don't care what anybody thinks about you. <laughs> Imagine if you could actually walk through life and the level of maturity and assurance that you have within yourself what you're doing is you carry yourself and not care if anybody else buys it. Yeah, and Joe, that is called Christ esteem, and it's a beautiful thing, and it's freeing. And I, and I think when we have the Christ, when we have Christ esteem with genuine love, we become those people that speak the truth most gracefully. And we can we can kneel down by a woman who was set up and caught in a wicked sin. And we can say, I don't condemn you. Yeah, Go into no more. It's beautiful. Sorry. It's free, but it's not free. You've got to work for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, it's I, again, with the verse with poor is be judged by truth. Yeah. I'll bet there's not a person in here who hadn't drove by an intersection and seen a homeless person out there and probably threw it in. And they probably got hooked on drugs or they did something to deserve to be there. And we judge them and write them off on our way. We're not mature. And we have no idea what, what their backstory is. None. None. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, um, unfortunately, Justin has stepped out. Andrew, you're it. Judge what you have heard. Has anyone misspoken? The weight on you is heavy right now. Yes, it is. Truth is knowable and it's teachable, but we never know it in full. And we just get as close as we can and we help one another get as close as we can. You answered well. Someone else, maybe you are gifted in, in, in other forms. And now we're, we're, we're weighing words now. We're not adding to, we're weighing words. Has anybody spoken out of order? Has, has anything been spoken that is considered a distortion or deceptive or incorrect in any form? And by the way, that includes me, by the way. I'm under the same microscope. Isn't that cool? I like that. Helps me to walk the narrow. All right, Christchurch, the collective amen. Amen. And you know what that means. Amen means it's of the truth. That is good. All right. Um, Stephen, someone online. Yes, a couple of comments. Uh, Philip Gere says, truth is something the world craves because truth gives meaning, gives life meaning and sound reason. People will seek out truth to provide stability and peace to life. And I think he hits uh, on this really, really well. 
really the objective of praying that non-believers understand the truth that is in Jesus. And then Jennifer Burgess says, truth is a fierce and effective weapon. Kindness, mercy, and grace keeps us and others safe in the use of that. That is very wise, Jennifer. Thank you. Michelle, you were going to say something here. That is so good. That is so good. Christ Church, I'm grateful. I'm very, very grateful for it. Real quick, I'm okay, John 3, 31 through 33. I just think it's so great. It's great. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it Thank you, and thank you for sharing scripture. There's no, you know, there's no better counsel than just reading scripture. Thank you, Franklin. Thank you. Thank you. I want to pray for us right now. We, we're at a place now we've got to make some decisions. Is truth going to be something we can toy with, going to keep at arm's length, or truth is going to be something that you're going to, to walk in the way of truth? Um, let's do that now. Abba Father, I love you. Thank you. And right now, we all need kindness and mercy and grace in our relationship with you and with each other. And this is of the truth. Abba, Father, thank you for the gospel of your son that we cannot be made right with you apart from the blood of Jesus. And when we put our faith in your son, you declare us acceptable. This is a gift of grace that is beyond description. Thank you. Thank you for Sabrina, Jennifer, for Philip Deere, and, and all here who have invested in us so that when we leave this place, we're different. We're not just stirred by an emotion, which we'll get over quickly, but as Pat said it and others, we will stay constant in the truth. Thank you for Joe and what he brings here. Thank you for Brian, Brian's heart. Lord, we need you. We need each other. Bless in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.